This podcast is presented by Pacific Office Automation, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Learn more at PacificOffice.com. Into the end zone for the touchdown. Hollywood Brown has been spectacular. Connor to the five and into the end zone for the touchdown. Welcome to Cardinals Underground, presented by Pacific Office Automation. Visit PacificOffice.com. Problem solved. Touchdown, Kyler Murray. That defender is in multiple pieces. Oh, that was nasty right there, right? The latest news and notes from the insiders who cover the team. Drilled by Simmons. Isaiah Simmons is balling. Bring it on, bring it on. Slammed to the ground by Buda Baker. Like a torpedo, he came flying into the backfield. I ain't scared of nobody. Here's Paul Calvisi. You know what's truly sad and borderline pathetic? Oh, there's so many answers here, Paul. As I pause in hopes that you don't fill in the blank. As I just continue here on Cardinals Underground, brought to you by Pacific Office Automation, uh, a lamenting Darren Urban, Danny Sarek, yours truly, Pauly Podcast. Uh, what's really pathetic over here would be the fact that I now know exactly what I want for Father's Day. Yet, I've yet to have a clue what to get the wife for Mother's Day, and uh, we only have a matter of days and counting right now. Okay, so. this is an excellent... This is an excellent way to get into this. Okay. So you're talking about your wife. Yes. She is, as far as I know, not your mother. <laughs> are we quibble? Oh, are there going to quibble? Oh, finish this thought, dear. Well, I'm, are there I'm going to, to be out. quibbles here on Cardinals Underground why, right off the top? Uh, why? Are you about to say I understand taking your wife you out are. to dinner. But you have two able-bodied children who are yeah. well old enough to go mm. shopping. This is a horrible take. Why would you need to get her a gift? It's a great point. Uh, I'd like a copy of the open of this Cardinals Underground, and I'm going to present it to my 16- and 13-year-old who have a lengthy track record of online purchases. Why in the Sam name of Mother's Day can't they purchase on their own behalf for their own mother? You're my right. family does not do it that way. My mom gets my dad a gift for Father's Day, vice versa. Uh, and what, then so my, you don't my, have to get anything? No, no, no. My sisters and I get them each something. Now, I will say sometimes, I think now, too, that my sisters and I are adults and we're not, like, in high school, in college, a lot of times, like, we'll think of a gift and our mom will go in with us for Father's Day or vice versa. But, like, they are a part of the planning. There is some thought that's, there. That's fair. And I will be honest that although – it turned out to be so my wife's birthday is in like three weeks so thankfully my older son is thinking about both holidays and he came up with something that was a little bit more pricey for her birthday and we're all going to go in on that but I don't like I I, again I want to take I want to I'll take my my wife out for a meal That, that makes sense but like for me like I have three siblings God bless them but I'm the one who's going to do something with my mom who is still with us. So that's my mother's day is my mom. Like, I don't, I don't know why. I I guess, I I guess I see that point. It's just, I think once you get adult, I think it's very thought. I know, but it's so thoughtful to get something for your spouse. You're you're probably not wrong. And I'm probably a horrible human being at the same time. Like I saw that my, and again, my kids are now all both officially of drinking age. So they're old enough, but like, I noticed my youngest son the other day just bought a new PS5 on Amazon. And if he's got enough money to buy himself a new PS5, he's got enough money to go get his mom a present on Mother's Day. So we'll present a copy of that to your son as well. So we're going to need two copies. Craig Grelu sitting in for Jim Omohundro today. Isn't anybody going to follow up and ask, well, Paul, what exactly do you want for Father's Day? Thanks for asking, Danny, because I just realized as of this morning that I'm putting down on the top of the list right here. I wrote it down already. I need a pair of night vision goggles and a tranquilizer gun to deal and combat all the javelina that continue to turn the front yard of Casa Calvisi into their own personal nighttime buffet. I don't think I've ever seen javelina since moving out here. Well, you, you, well, you, you don't live in the upscale neighborhood. Of no, Paul it has Calvisi. nothing to do That's with upscale. True. Just has to do with anywhere you're near any sort so of what open do, space. So what do they do? They eat up like your flowers and stuff your grass yeah basically anything they've even gone after barrel cactus uh they are, are basically uh, destruction machines okay what what aaron donald is and what he does to an offensive line Havelina will do to your front yard that's all i'm saying and i guess that's my segue into the cardinals and football and the rookies showing up you know the rookies are can be sort of like Havelina, you know entitled 
you know, they think they can just show up, you know, and they, they, there should be a spot for them, you know, and then they learn the hard way that sometimes you got to show them who the master is. <laughs> and, and, you know, nobody, nobody likes a bully. All right. I'm talking to you, Havelinas. So, you know, you, sometimes eh, someone needs an attitude adjustment, a little mindset change. And that can be a rude awakening for a lot of rookies. And they're welcome to the NFL moment. Are you following me here, Danny? You're a little quizzical over there. No, I'm just impressed with the way you're able no. to segue. No, no. Uh, so, He's a professional. So, he is. So what do we know about the rookies showing up, by the way? And is there a particular rookie that you want to see in person? I mean, even if it's some of these inane drills that we see out here, and there's obviously it's glorified soccer, to use the old Bruce Arians quote, but is there anything that, uh, you know, Darren, okay, anyone, I guess I should say, that catches well, uh, your eye? Well, you know, it's, it's a little bit interesting, Paul, because um, I think this – this regime, I guess, for lack of a better term, um, are looking at rookie minicamp a little bit different. I mean, you've been around a lot of rookie minicamps. Danny, you have too. Um, a lot of times, half of the people that are out there are tryout people. So you have enough for a running a practice. My understanding is they're not doing that. So literally, the people that are going to be out there, you can always uh, – and, and there's usually a couple of guys that um, might – be quote unquote veterans like it's not their first year in the NFL but they have they don't have enough accrued seasons where they qualify to be able to be out there in a rookie camp so you might have a, four or five of those guys but essentially I think you're going to have a handful of those guys and then the right now 10 undrafted rookies that are supposed to sign which they have to come and take physical so that's not official official and then the nine draft picks and that's it Wow. So I'm not expect when you talk about what I'm expecting to see, I don't know how much we're going to see. I think they're going to get on the grass and do maybe a few individual drills, but this is not going to look like the rookie mini camps of old. I, I don't necessarily. And, and we saw this in the voluntary veterans mini camp. I don't expect to see helmets out there right now. Um, so it's going to look a lot different. Because we've seen rookie minicamps. So there's 40 or 50 yeah. of them out there and then maybe three sign by the time the weekend's done. Yeah. It's it'll be interesting. Obviously, the big names of rookies you're going to want to see out there: Paris Johnson, B.J. Ojolari. I think it'll be interesting to see some of those players who are healthy but have been dealing with injuries lately. How well they're moving around. So the wide receiver Michael Wilson, uh, the cornerback Garrett Williams, and a name though that I do think is going to be interesting is the quarterback Clayton Toon, who can use his legs a little bit more and that's not to say he can come in and, and fill in the way that Kyler Murray can but that has been a topic we talked about being interesting even before the draft is having the three veteran quarterbacks right now on this roster and Colt McCoy who is still not throwing a football David Blau and Jeff Driscoll so it'll be interesting to see how Clayton Toon or if they bring in any other undrafted free agent you know rookie quarterbacks at some time who they're competing with of those three veteran quarterbacks, because I think there's a chance that Clayton Toon could end up on the roster instead of one of those. You're going to need enough quarterbacks to fill in since Kyler Murray won't be ready to start the season. Yeah, I, I, again, I don't know how much we're going to get to see because I'm guessing it'll be all individual drills, positional drills, um, because there's just not going to be that many bodies out there. But I, I, I do want to kind of see what Clayton Toon looks like a little bit and and you know there there I, I did some reading on him this week and um there's a lot of people that felt like he was not up there but we we knew all the bigger names I mean you got Stroud you had Bryce Young you had Levis you had uh Herndon Hook Hendon Hooker Hendon Hooker um Richardson Richardson so that's five right there um, the Fresno State kid who's already getting some rave reviews well, in New what's, Orleans. What's funny is is the what I had read was somebody had Toon as like the sixth best quarterback. Now, whether that put one of those other guys behind the Fresno State guy or if we're talking about those original five guys and then Toon, but uh, that would be – if that's true, that's not a bad pick for a fifth-round slot. Yeah. So um, I'm curious to see what he does. Obviously, we're not going to get to see a lot. I mean, this is going to be all about training camp for these guys because of how this is set up. Um, but I, I am fascinated to see maybe the cornerback Clark out of Louisville, the six-round pick. I, I don't think we're going to see much about Garrett Williams because he's still rehabbing. Um, but again, I don't know how much was really going to be done anyways. 
there was a quote from uh, Robert Sala, right? And they were talking Jets coach, Jets coach, and they were talking to him about their seventh round pick this year. Some six foot eight tight end had ridiculous measurables. Used to be a high hurdler, won a state high school championship. Of course, at six foot eight, you need to raise the stinking hurdles. That's an unfair competitive advantage. Uh, that's another discussion. But he had like a forty inch vertical. And Robert Sala's quote to the media was there's an old saying in the draft that when you get down to round six and seven take the freak who loves ball and you know what that made me think of the o- freak owen papo the guy whose twitter handle is at the freak and so if we're looking at people technically that was the fifth round fifth round but late fifth sort round. of a day th- yeah, late day three you know you're getting into that point where okay if you're going to take a chance on someone why not someone who Ran a four three nine forty at the combine, at six foot two twenty five. Had the second highest athleticism score among all the linebackers in this year's draft class. And by the way, the forty time was the second fastest by any linebacker since two thousand three, tied with Isaiah Simmons. So you have all that. So I'm, I, I am curious as to you know what he looks like out there, just in terms of the athleticism, because I think the underrated sleeper position on this team is inside linebacker. If they already move Zayvon Collins to the outside, and we have no idea where Isaiah Simmons is destined, and we really don't, we haven't seen him on the field, we haven't heard a definitive answer despite all the questions from the coaching staff as to what they envision in the future of Isaiah Simmons, is he going to be an inside linebacker or not? He spent all last season in the safety room. Is that where he's going to return to? I don't know. Only thing that was somewhat telling was Nick Rowless said, He's got to work on getting one thing right. Just focus on a single thing and then move on from there. Okay, what does that mean? What is that single entity in his job description? We have no idea. So I don't know at any point that we might. But if they they have somewhat flooded that position with some free agents, right? The Josh Woods. Not somewhat. They have. They have. So what does that mean for Isaiah Simmons? To me, that's an underrated uh, storyline. And narrative in this upcoming offseason all the way through the mandatory minicamp is exactly what's in store for number nine. What's your gut feeling? What do you think? I think he's going to end up playing more of a safety role or something along those lines. I don't I don't know that he'll be an inside linebacker, mostly because of seeing the moves that have been made in free agency that you were just talking about. I'm not sure that that's where this coaching staff sees him as the best fit. I think he will still move around, but I would see him more playing more in that safety role. It's interesting because in some ways he might fit inside linebacker better for this type of defense. You listen to Nick Rollis talk about how they like Kaiser White, and he's a safety from college who they now have a linebacker. Um, uh, Papo is another guy who's like size-wise, you could see him as a safety, but they talk about him being a linebacker. So it's, it's, it's going to be fascinating to see what they decide to do with some of these pieces and where they put them and and where Isaiah falls. And, you know, the thing is, is we don't have any answers. We don't have any answers in terms of where some of these guys are going to play or what they might do or even what they think of them. You know, I was going over with my good friend Craig Grealou the other day who's going to be helping with some articles later in the summer. And one of the things we always do with these positional breakdowns going into camp is one of the, as we go over every person, we list all the players and it's like, who's a lock to make the roster and who's not a lock to make the roster. And he sent me what his choices would be like, do these match up? And there weren't a ton of locks. And I, I said, well, I don't know if I put this person, this person, this person, this person there right now, because we don't know what they're looking for. And we don't know, like, do I think Dennis Gardeck is going to be on this team? Yes, I do. At his current salary? That's the thing. I don't know. I mean, I don't think money is going to make a big difference with some of these guys for year one, unless you wanted to do something. But, like, I, if I'm, I believe Dennis Gardeck is going in the last year of his deal, maybe. I can't remember. Uh, maybe it's his second of his third year. But I, I don't know if money is really going to make a big difference because of how they have things situated. I mean, there's they're only going to gain money if they make yeah. moves. I, I don't think they're looking to, to get anybody else. But just in terms of what they might be looking for on special teams, I know Jeff Rogers is still a special teams guy, but like 
does Zeke Turner and Dennis Gardeck still make this team? You also sign Chris Boyd, and you have all these other guys that can do some things on on special teams, like who's a lock to get in, who might have to do some other stuff. I think there's going to be a couple of cuts. Like, I think if you had to make an argument, I would I think I would probably be a little bit surprised if Kelvin Beecham got cut, but for what they signed him for, and now having just drafted Paris Johnson and already having Josh Jones and already having DJ Humphreys, is he a lock to make this team? I, I don't know. And that's nothing against Beach. I think Beach is a solid player. But again, when you start talking about new coaches, you don't know how they're going to look at some of these guys. Well, and look, Beach is at that age where every year he comes in for the next season and there's scrutiny. What does he look like? Has he hit that veteran wall? Okay. Has, you know, has he aged in dog years? Is the end near and upon us and, and will it be this season? So based on last year, no, I would say not. I would also say that Beach's positional flexibility helps him a ton. Not only did he play right tackle every single game, but he got you out of a couple of games at left tackle and he does have a past playing the interior. So at the very least, could he be your swing guy? Yeah, I would say so. But if you're telling me Paris Johnson Jr. on day one of team drills is installed as your starting right tackle, not a shock. If you're telling me that Josh Jones and Paris Johnson Jr. are competing at right tackle, okay. And then we'll see what the future is for a Josh Jones. You know, exactly You know where does he fit in this thing. But, you know, Greg Reel and I were talking on Red Sea Report just about if you're a rookie right now, Talk about 52-card pickup. I mean, you can come in and, and talk about an opportunity to not only make a roster but get significant playing time considering how many areas of need the Cardinals have, how much turnover they've had in the offseason of the roster, a brand-new coaching staff with absolutely theoretically no, uh, you know, no, no equity with any of the players who are there. Everyone's starting from a new to a certain degree. I mean, if you're a Dante Stills and you're a six-round pick, Think of the Cardinals' depth issues at defensive line. They gave Jacob Slade, the undrafted rookie free agent out of Michigan State, 200 grand guaranteed. In fact, speaking of AI, which is our new nickname for Craig Grealu, he said <laughs> 13 players on this roster who are either re-signed or signed off the street as free agents are guaranteed less money than undrafted Michigan State defensive lineman Jacob Slade at 200 grand. So to your point, Darren, think of the roster flexibility from a cap standpoint, from Imani Asenfort and Dave Sears' standpoint, Danny. They can come in. <laughs> it could look radically different because there aren't necessarily the financial constraints tying you to a lot of these players. Yeah, I think, I think it's almost kind of exciting, as that might sound a little cruel as to what we could expect. And I think that it does make it exciting for following this team throughout – the offseason and, and really into training camp because with the new regime, players that fit the old scheme or that the coaches just really liked something about them, that's not necessarily going to be the case this time around. And I think offensive line is really intriguing because of those players that have the flexibility because of the position that Josh Jones is in and how he's played in the past and and what he's done with the opportunities that have kind of been given to him of Maybe maybe this is a situation where you have DJ Humphreys as your left tackle, Kelvin Beecham as your right, and it is more Josh Jones and Paris Johnson kind of competing of where you're going to be slotted as maybe a swing tackle to start or maybe a left guard position, whatever it might be. Like It might not even be Paris Johnson and Kelvin Beecham competing. I think there's a lot of things there, especially when you start to look at what Humphreys' contract looks like in the future. Does it make more sense to kind of have Paris maybe work as a swing tackle and then maybe next year you look at him being your left tackle? I mean, there's there's a lot of options, not just looking into this season, but into the future. And you're right. Pretty much every position on this roster, there's an opportunity to come in and and really make an impact and, and show that through your work ethic and, and really picking things up quickly with this new coaching staff. I am also intrigued to see, I'm going to have to go back and listen to the old podcast on how the six of the 10 undrafted rookie free agents at the Cardinals sign that you're keeping your eye on, Paul? I think it was five. I think, I no, think it was five. No, because no, when we it came to, to five, six. you said both tight ends. Yeah, so honestly, I should just I should look at the list and Come just on. remember the four names you didn't say, yeah, and okay. that'll be easier for mm. me wow. to think about. Okay, all right. So I, 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 I tied my 
future fortunes is so many names you're going to reverse engineer and go the, na- the guys I did not name. Yes. I see. Okay. So that's, look, we're still looking for your breakout player yes. camp. That's still to come. Still That'll to be come. one, right? It's late or July. Two. I, I can't ruin the anticipation. I mean, you know, the the bird gang they look forward to the Pauly Pigskin yeah, breakout player camp. At let's the, not be talking about training camp we, yet. We don't need to get there. We've been slumping the last couple of years. We sort of were riding the uh, <clears throat> riding the coattails of the Tony Jefferson pick for way too long. <laughs> Um, anyway, we, we've hit a drought. 2013? We, we've hit a drought. There was also the receiver out of Clemson. What was his name? And, um, oh, my goodness. Um, what was his – and he, uh, he he was actually a player for a number of years. Oh, oh, uh, Brown. Uh, yes. Oh, my God. Oh, man. And why, I don't so know. Bad. I'm drawing a blank. Um, and then Wait, there, that was also 2013, wasn't it? And then there was the receiver out of Vanderbilt and went to the 49ers, and he went to Trent the Dolphins. Trent Shurfield. Uh, so we had that. So you don't have a good track record. Oh, that could have been – the year where we had two or three different poly people. I think we See, had an offensive and a defense. Here's the problem right it's now. It's evolved into offensive he, defense. He's doing that scout thing when you say, hey, what are your hits and what are your misses? And then they only talk about their hits and they're like, no, 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 we need one of your misses. And he keeps kind of like dodging that, that. Actually, my new favorite player, and, and and it's due in part to you, Darren Urban, it was your oh, feature you. story on Yelda Froholt. Oh, yes. That was a good story. I appreciate that. JG calls him Fro, which is solid. Do you know on his, on his social media, he refers to himself as the Danish army knife because okay. of his flexibility. I didn't see that, but that, that is, is excellent. That, that, is, that, that is Right there, you got to love Yelda Froholt because he didn't pick up football until he was 12 uh, in yes. his native Denmark. Yes. And so, and he came over as an exchange student. Yes. And I'm guessing it went something along the lines of he came over from Denmark. They're like, wow, you're you're really large. Would you like to play football? And then somehow he got introduced to I, I'd American have football. to ask, like, if he was already playing in Denmark, it's possible that he liked it enough that he was more intrigued by Because <laughs> that was the other thing is not only did he was he an exchange student, but he went to a, a high school in Ohio. And you're not going to – I mean, I don't know where he went to high school. It might have been wherever. But the first thing I think of was like, man, right in like Midwest, football heavy. Right. Yep. I'm going to go there and, and get some football in. Yeah. And then his whole, uh, he did a social media video in his weight room. Oh, yes, the ladies. The ladies. What does that come from? That, that's a, it's a movie scene. It's an animated movie. I didn't know this until I, lo- I, I talk about reverse engineering. I had to look all this stuff up. But, yeah, it's a, it's a meme on social media, uh, a bunch of lines from the animated movie Surf's Up. Oh, yeah. Okay. Where a guy starts talking about all, all these awards he had won, and he yes. and he gives them names and calls them his ladies. Right. And so people do video with it, with that dubbing out in that in that, those words. Great. And and yeah. and Yelda was doing his all his equipment in his in his home weight room, including weight room. his Atlas stones. Yes, Daniel, do you know what Atlas stones are? Did you ever used to watch the strongman competition like on ESPN, the Ocho, back in the day? <laughs> Not, uh, I, don't not I wouldn't go out of my way to watch that. I, I don't think she's old enough to have seen when they, they still were showing that stuff. Okay, here's the test. Danny, do you know the name Magnus oh, or Magnuson? Yes. No. By the way, <laughs> quick side note, I went up and looked. I, I don't know if you noticed, like at the bottom, I kind of slipped in a couple names. I'm hoping people understood that those were famous Danish strongmen. I see. I wanted Magnus... Van Magnuson or whatever. Magnus Ver Magnuson. Yeah. Get it right, Derek. I wanted him so badly to be Danish, but I think he's Swedish or... Or, 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 or when in doubt, Iceland I, or Icelandic, yeah. because like for whatever... So I couldn't use it. I mean, Iceland, what Iceland is to powerlifting is, is you know, is what Arizona is to Havelina. I mean, I, it's just like, <laughs> it's crazy. Like the inordinate amount of strongmen that come out of Iceland when like the whole population of Iceland is like Yuma. And so I don't really get yeah. it, but uh, I do like the fact he has Atlas stones in his gym because that's, that's right out of the uh, strongman competition. By the way, I was also somewhat heartened a little bit, a little bit, to see that Cleveland had serious O-line injury issues. Oh, yeah. That he was essentially their fifth-string center because he's a guard by trade. Yes. And they had gone through their first four centers before they got around to Yelda Froholt last year. Well, and now, yeah. now he might be the starting center. As we speak. Yeah, and he, he said, look, um, one of the things I really like about this guy is the fact that he he's not he's not entertaining these crazy thoughts like I'm the best offensive lineman ever and I'm just not haven't been getting my chance. He's talked about, hey, my role is of being a backup and I'm an interior backup and I want to be great and I want to be the sixth man 
type thing. And I just love that attitude. And he had not, even though he was training at center last year and they told him he was going to train at center, he had never actually played it in a game. And so when he had to go play there, they had, a, I think, a rookie go on IR in preseason. And then they had three other guys that they were going to put out there before him. And uh, they all went down. And so he ended up starting, like you said, four games. So, um, again, I know this is I put that story out and, you know, I just thought it was a I, I thought it was interesting to tie. It was an interesting story. Yeah. And it was an interesting to tie into a position that they've struggled with, like, as we've talked about filling and the conversation that it generated uh mostly upset fans of like this is who we have at center how could they have not drafted somebody you get the tangential why why would they trade back up to six you could have gotten a good offensive lineman at 12 and use that second that that other uh second round pick that you traded away to get luke whitler was on the board for like five straight rounds what is um for holt's comfortable position guard I, I, I think he feels most comfortable at guard. But he's a guy who, if you tell him he needs to play center, he's going to work his butt off at center and and do everything he can to play center. And I know there are guys like that. That doesn't necessarily make them okay. Billy Price worked his butt off playing center last year. Didn't work out great. And and I do I think they're going to sign a center? I, I do. I do at some point. And there's still a couple guys out there like a Ben Jones who was in Tennessee with Monty Austin for it last year. Now the question is, is a, how healthy is Ben Jones? Cause that's one of the reasons he's not in Tennessee anymore. Could and, even pass a physical. And, and if he can do all that, does he have other options? Because if he does, is this the team he wants to go to right now? Those are, those are all big questions. All right, Danny, I'll put you on the record. We'll track your response to this question. Will the Cardinals or will they not sign a veteran center by the time they get to Cardinals camp? Yes. I think you have to. You have to see who else is out there and you have to see what's working. And I also think by that point, with these moving pieces we've talked about with the other parts of this offensive line, you will hopefully have a better idea of what the other four starting positions are going to look like. And that's going to come into play as well as how is this center fitting in with everyone else on the offensive line. Right now we're assuming that Will Hernandez is going to be your right guard. He has experience at left guard. Is he going to move and you're going to put a Josh Jones at a right guard? Are you going to put Paris Johnson at right guard? Are you going to look elsewhere along this depth chart? Lasita Smith, where is he going to be? What is he looking like at this point going into his second year? I think there are a lot of questions for every piece on the offensive line right now. And as you start to figure out those answers later on in the summer and start start solidifying those other starting positions, then I think you can also have a better idea of what is working, what is not working at center, who might be a good fit, or maybe it's vice versa. Maybe there is a veteran center and they're going to sign him and kind of work inside out and kind of see what works best that way. But I do I do foresee the Cardinals bringing in a veteran center. Okay. We always before drafts, we always we always see all the mock drafts. We don't do necessarily a mock draft, but we know what they're about. And one of the things about a mock draft is when when people are like trying to figure out if they did it right is okay, did I get the player at the position right? Or, and did I get the team right? There, there seems to be like half grades. Like, okay, uh, I thought Paris Johnson was going to go to the Cardinals. I had him going there at three. He went there at six. It still kind of counts. Sure. So if we sit here right now, and I know there's lots of time to do this, but I thought this, was, this would be an interesting exercise. Our mock starting lineups, okay? Ooh. I'm not saying – I don't want somebody saying, okay, Will Hernandez is going to be on the offensive line. I want to mock, like, if you had to say, I'm going to bet one of my paychecks on these things, how many positions are you absolutely comfortable saying, this person is going to be the starter at this position on opening day? Be willing to bet your paycheck. (laughs) But I think we should do this. I think we should for sure do this. Attention NFL gambling police. This is just a discussion. Nobody's opening up an app on the job. Shoot. Darren. Like, the, like the Detroit this Lions. Is, this is only an exhibition. This right. is not a competition. So you want to do that, like talk no here right now, or we yeah, we no, plan ahead? No, and we'll I don't. Do it no, next no, no, no. So you want ahead. the offensive line left or right? Well, I want the whole okay. offense. I'll, no, okay, I'll, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull up on my phone. I want to look at the whole depth chart. I'll give you there the is offensive no depth line. chart right now. I'll give the, you the, can I look at the roster? You can look at the roster. I'll okay. give you the offensive line left or right. Here okay. we go. 
you're betting your paycheck on these because if and here's where here's where I'm going with this. <laughs> I'm not saying I want you to tell me not necessarily the whole offensive line or the whole offense. I want you to tell me the guys you are willing to bet a paycheck again, metaphorically, um, that they will be there opening day. Like if like, if, like if, as a starter, is that what we're talking yes. about? Okay. Like if you you like so five the, names. The reason I it doesn't have to be five names. I guess that's what I'm saying. Like if you you you're saying you would think Will Hernandez is your right guard, but you don't. He might be left guard. Like how positive are you? Which guys are you saying? So you want- I am positive. Like I think I'm feeling like I could bet a paycheck that DJ Humphreys is your left tackle. I think beyond that. I don't know if there's anything on the offensive line I'd be willing to bet a paycheck on. Yeah, I would like agree. a a guy at a place. Do I think right. Will Hernandez is starting? Yes. yes. Do I know for sure if it's left or right? I do not. No. Uh, See what I'm saying? Yeah. No, I. Get I think it. talking through it, I would say, oof, thinking <laughs> of the guards being. No, no, no. Uh, okay. I'm gonna, I'm going to talk through it. Ah, okay. If if the guards are. Will Hernandez and Josh Jones. And Will Hernandez has been playing on the right side. And Josh Jones, when speaking more about left tackle, has said he is more comfortable on the left side. Right. I think if you're going to give him a chance, mm-hmm. that would make sense to go DJ Humphrey's left tackle, Josh Jones, your left guard. I don't know about Lasita Smith being ready to be a starting center. It would probably be yelled for a Holt. Will but- Hernandez, right tackle. This like almost pains me to say these words out loud. Would probably be Paris Johnson. Oh, Okay. But again, are you willing to put your paycheck on them? I don't want to put my paycheck on this, Darren. See, I don't want to put my paycheck on any of this. You're 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 missing you're missing the point of the exercise. I understand. So I just don't want to say the words. I'm willing to bet my paycheck because our boss listens to this, and oh, okay. I don't want well, him to well, hear guess, that. So you're, you're trying to illustrate just I, the sheer sure. uncertainty How? right yes. now. Okay. Like I'm willing to it. say I'm willing oh, to just say DJ, probably DJ Humphreys. I'm and that saying would be DJ Humphreys at left tackle. I'm willing to say Buda Baker and Jalen Thompson your safeties, and. Uh, Kaiser White at inside line. Kaiser White at inside line. What about a James Conner? Marco Wilson, one of your two starting corners. Uh, Marco yes. Wilson. Uh, I would pro. Yes, I would say James Conner. I'm feeling pretty confident oh, yeah. about James Conner. Yep. Right. I'm willing to say Hollywood Brown as one of the wide yep. receivers. Yep. I I may have finished with that list. Like, is there somebody where else we're missing that you would Assu- be like, assuming everyone is healthy? Like what? Well, right. Right. Is that the point? Like Rashard Lawrence. No, the Lawrence? point is. The f- the point is opening day. Like you're 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 saying Rashad Lawrence, but I don't know what these coaches think of Rashad Lawrence. And no disrespect to Rashad Lawrence, but it's not like he's JJ Watt. He's not done anything in this league where I'm thinking to myself, a coach comes in, oh, you're like Buda Baker. Buda Baker and Rashad Lawrence, if they're healthy, they're starting. I, I don't see that. Where they fit him, I would think is Zayvon Collins. Yeah, but I it's think a brand Zavin, new position. But you don't know where. No, Darren, but <laughs> well, again, Look, I, I, I understand. You, I'm you just seem frustrated. Like you're going mad at me, I'm and just I, I'm just frustrated. Just I just don't want to say the words. I'm willing to bet my I paycheck, but I do get, I get what the exercise I is. I look at the rest of the tight end room, not knowing Zach Ertz's availability, and I, I would say, yeah, Trey McBride. Yep, he's going to be your starter. Who else could it possibly be? Because the, is there an outside chance Zach Ertz is healthy to start the year and Maybe. he's your starter? Maybe. See, that's what I'm saying. Yep. Like, yep. I, I there. I'm not saying Trey McBride isn't going to have a big role, but I'm just saying like it is incredible the unknowns we have right now. You could boil it down to counting on one hand how many certainties there are in this lineup, the starting 22, honestly. So, yeah, no, I get your point. I get your point. And, And you know what? It's going to make training camp really interesting because there will be certified competition. I mean, if you're a rookie right now, you have a real chance not just to make the team, but to get real playing time if you're a Absolutely. rookie right now. Well, I do see that's why the Paris thing is so fascinating to me. Because you do have enough players, because he doesn't play center, you do have enough players to not play him. But would you? Look, my gut feeling is he comes in and he competes with Josh Jones at left guard. I think it's DJ Humphrey's left tackle. It's Josh Jones or Paris Johnson Jr. at left guard. It's a center to be named later. It's Will Hernandez at right guard. And I think you start the season with Kelvin Beecham at right tackle. See, I like that too. 
And so you seem upset about that. It's Paul just, has good ideas too, Danny. Kelvin Beecham is 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 well bought, as they say in the car auction world, right? He came at a pretty cheap price. Mm-hmm. He gives you a lot of that needed leadership. I think we all agree with that. You lost some of that in JJ Watt and some other veterans. So he's part of the answer when it comes to that equation and the culture. Look, I could be wrong in this, but also looking ahead to the future of where this coaching staff envisions Paris Johnson Jr. playing in the future. Is he your next left tackle? And if he is, does it make more sense from a development standpoint as well as a versatility standpoint to have him play this year as your right tackle? Or does it make more sense to have him play as your left guard and already be getting more used to that left side? Maybe that's coming into play as well with a thought, assuming that Paris Johnson can come in and, and fit pretty much anywhere along the offensive line and you're going to have your pick. I think maybe that that might be something they're considering is we didn't just draft him for this year, but also for the future. <clears throat> and where do we see him playing long term in the future? That's a excellent point. Yeah. A quick aside. If you had to have a first name named after a major city, what would that city be? <laughs> well, and Austin is a popular one. You'd want to be named Austin? I'm just thinking. I'm, I'm asking you. I what, got an answer. What is well, it? Well, I know Austin, so I wouldn't want to be another Austin. Reno. That's a cool name. <laughs> <laughs> Reno Calvisi. I like <laughs> Reno. Hey, Reno. I like that. I like it. I like Reno Calvisi. <laughs> I, might, I might use it on the road. <laughs> I might use that. I might use that. Your, for your, your, your hotel alias? alias? Yeah. You know. I'm, uh, it's under serious consideration oh, wow. for this year. That's a good question. By the way. <laughs> There's an old, there's an old I saying. I feel like he's thought about this no, before. That there's an old saying in, in the armed forces. I don't know. Some, some old uh, army veteran told me when he walked in on the first day of boot camp and it was part of a college program, whatever, they walk in and they look you straight in the eye. And they go, young man, words are numbers. And then they decide, are you going to be more of an engineer or are you with the, with the math? Or are you going to be more in communications yeah, with yeah, the words? Okay. That's a good point. So I've heard that before. I bring this up because number, uh, Paris Johnson Jr., is wearing number 70. I was not aware 77 is retired by the Cardinals, Darren Urban. And I defer to you on this one because you also did the research on this one. 77 is not available. No, it is not available um, because of the tragic on-field. Well, it wasn't on-field, but it was an injury suffered on the field by Stan Maudlin, an offensive lineman in the 40s. He wore number 77 and tragically passed away after a game. I believe in 1948. Wow. And unfortunately, there's. it was called a heart attack. He collapsed in the locker room. It was called a heart attack, although I looked up a newspaper clipping from the the time. And at the time, they said the Cardinals were saying it was a heart attack, but he had also uh, suffered bleeding on the brain. And there are people that think that he got kicked or something on the field and they just didn't wow. realize it until yeah. it was too late. Um, but he was the one wearing 77. Um, there's only what eight numbers, seven numbers that the Cardinals have retired all time. 77 is one of them. Paris Johnson wore 77 in college. And I, you know, somebody had made the point to me that he had actually gone on a podcast before the draft and said, he really wanted to continue to wear 77 and supposedly on this podcast said one of the reasons he picked Ohio state was because he could get 77. Come on. I don't know if that's true. No. Um, but, and then said, you know, JJ Watt was able to get 99, um, which had been retired, uh, with the Cardinals. Uh, but he first, there's a couple things with the JJ Watt thing. One JJ Watt asked, uh, a family member, um, to see if wearing 99 would be okay. And also JJ Watt was 99. That was his, that was his NFL persona, you know, three time NFL defensive player of the year. Paris Johnson jr. Doesn't quite have that persona right now. So I I think it makes sense to change, but I, I thought it was a good opportunity to bring up Stan Maudlin's name, a guy that does Mm. obviously doesn't get brought up very often um, in terms of retired numbers with this team. And, and like you said, there's not a lot of people that realized 77 had been retired um, and I, I just want to briefly talk about them. By the way, it is interesting to see on the Cardinals roster, number zero, Zach Pascal. That's That is interesting, right? Just, just, just in terms of, I'm not the biggest uniform or number guy, but there's no doubt about that. 
All right, and then the number here, Danny, here's another segue for you, 272. I would have chosen words for the record as you throw a number at me, but okay. <laughs> yeah, me too. Uh, 272, do you know what that refers to? Someone's the, weight? It's the, it's, good guess, it's the number of games this NFL season. The schedule is coming. The schedule is coming. The Paul Revere version of the uh Headline that, yes, the NFL schedule is going to be released on Thursday night. 272 total games, including 14 playoff rematches, the most ever, according to ESPN. So my question to you, Danny Sarek, what are your most anticipated matchups? Which matchups? For for, the Cardinals? For the Cardinals. Which ones are you anticipating the most? Thinking about the opponents, you have the rest of the NFC West, so that's San Francisco, Seattle, L.A. Mm Mm-hmm. This year, the Cardinals also have the NFC East, which would be the Cowboys, the Giants, the Eagles, and the Commanders. And then we also have the Steelers, the Browns, the Texans. Did I get them all? Yep. Bears so, and Bengals. Bears and Bengals. Yep. Oh, I keep forgetting about the Bengals. Ooh. Okay, I'm going to be honest. If If the Bengals game is late in the season... And we're assuming that Kyler Murray will be back in time. I think that could be a really exciting matchup, just watching him and Joe Burrow sling the ball. Um, fact, selfishly, selfishly, I've got it. Oh God, Craig, Craig is going to. Oh, I know what she's going to say. Selfishly, right, the Cowboys matchup is going to be exciting for me. That was a lot of fun going to Dallas in my bright red blazer, my first season with the Cardinals when, when we won, when we beat Dallas. Um, so that'll be a lot of fun for me personally that week, just kind of trash talking my friends and family and everyone who wants to come up and visit. But which I think could also be a good game out on the field. I think, you know, especially with Dallas's defense and, and things like that. But I would say I think the Bengals would be a lot of fun to watch. Honestly, if you gave me one player on this entire schedule that I would want to see of every Cardinals opponent – I mean, Lamar Jackson obviously be up there, but I, I would say Joe Burrow would edge out Lamar Jackson at this point. I'll, I'll be fascinated. I remember thinking to myself, and don't get me wrong, Lamar played well, but I remember going to Baltimore in Kyler's rookie year, second game of the season, and I remember thinking to myself, Lamar, I thought Lamar was going to do a lot more that day, and he didn't. It was a close game, yep. and the Cardinals had the ball late, deep in their own territory with a chance to – maybe do something it didn't work out that way but um, that was the game where they had three possessions inside the five and they ended up with three field goals yeah that was that was early in cliffs yes it was that's where the red zone well Uh, it evolved from there put it that way we've got some fascinating quarterbacks on this schedule i mean think about it you're going against so you have lamar jackson you have joe burrow you have dak prescott daniel jones just got highly paid yeah and then you're going to see justin fields with Chicago's sticking with as the future. Deshaun Watson, you're going to Cleveland. You're going to see C.J. Stroud at Houston. You're going to see Jalen Hurts, obviously, the new NFL's highest-paid player when you go to Philly. Uh, Head on a swivel if you're Jonathan Gannon for that one. Uh, You have Kenny Pickett, year two. We'll see what he's like, if he's the future or not. Who is Washington? Sam Howell? Wait. Sam Howell. Sam Howell. Howell. Sam Howell. Well, they, they couldn't get Andrew Luck, apparently. So. <laughs> That's right, with the tampering. So, and then Desmond Ritter uh, would be Atlanta. And who's the San Francisco quarterback we're facing, Paul? Yeah, good question. Is it going to be Brandon Allen they just signed? Or, you know, is Brock Purdy going to be available by then? You're just forgetting Sam Darnold. Trey Lance. <laughs> Sam Darnold. You're right, I did forget Sam Darnold. You're, you're absolutely right, I did. There, there's no question about it. By the that. way, I saw something that had ranked every team's – I saw wide receiver first and then the quarterback room, and they were ranking every team's depth at those positions. And for quarterback, they had Kyler number one for the Cardinals, so they were middle of the pack. But the three na- the only three names they had were Kyler, Colt, and Jeff Driscoll. And I thought, where is the love for David Brown? <laughs> And, and and the best QB in the class, Clayton Toon. You know, so uh, as for the most... Yeah, his words. Yeah, but think about that. Okay, so I, I would agree. The most anticipated matchup, Joe Burrow and the Bengals, I'd put number one. The Eagles against Jonathan Gannon. There's going to be a lot there that week. There's no question about that. Kyler against Lamar, if that's the way. In fact, here's my little shout-out to the NFL. Put some of the marquee matchups in the second half of the season. When the Cardinals play Atlanta or Houston, 
or Washington, put those in the front half of the season minus Kyler. The games against Joe Burrow and Lamar Jackson and Dak Prescott, e- even even Matthew Stafford, you know, and or Geno Smith, you know, try and backload those for the Cardinals. That would be my wish in this Cardinals you know, schedule when it comes out on Thursday. What about your wish as sideline reporter for all the away games that don't have a roof? Yeah, there's a potential here for a really nasty season, Danny. Uh, thanks for asking. Um, you know, you got to Yeah, go. what are we looking at our home games of possible snow? I mean, you know, you're going to Chicago. Please let that be in September. You're going to Cleveland. <laughs> Please don't let that be in December or January. You're going to Philly. Last time. Washington. Pittsburgh. 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 <laughs> I mean, there, there's, there's potential. The rain in Seattle. <laughs> if you look real carefully yeah. right now, Danny, like sympathetic ice crystals are forming on Paul's yep. eyelids, <laughs> uh, eyelashes right now. Actually, I just changed my Father's Day gift request <laughs> from the night vision goggles and the tranquilizer gun for the Havelina. I've changed them to new boots. New, Why don't you just new, get your new, wife new boots for Mother's new, Day? New Gore-Tex. Okay. Then, oh, they're All not up? Boots. Okay, gift for me. As long as that came up again. Oh, gosh. Oh, no. Where does Father's Day rank? I'm curious. I saw this now. Do I believe Where's this? Where's rank? There was there was a uh, there was a comedian and he was really funny, uh, but he was t- <laughs> he was talking about how Father's Day is like the 20th holiday, the most popular holiday, and he was like Arbor Day is above Father's Day. And <laughs> I don't know if I'm gonna say that, but like I'm not gonna rank it because my dad listens. So Father's Day is very high on the list. Also, <laughs> you know what? I like Father's Day because my dad is really easy to shop for. Oh it's- wait, wait. Does your mom have to get him a gift? Again, if she doesn't get him something on her own, she'll like go in on a gift with us. But growing up, it was always my parents. Growing up, it was my parents got gifts from each other. My sisters and I got something different. How old are your siblings? Uh, My older sister is 32 and my younger sister is almost 25. Okay, so Mr. Sarek, do you really believe that your wife should be getting you anything when oh, all gosh. your able-bodied children... He's going to be blowing children, up your Twitter, Darren. All your able-bodied children can afford to go and get you something like whatever, the Look, nice th- pair of socks. Th- or, there are two kinds of people in the world. There are those people who outsource the Mother's Day and Father's Day gifts on their siblings, and there are those who take the burden on from their other siblings to take care of the Mother's Day or Father's Day gift. Are you in the former or the latter? I am. Are you more likely to outsource it or go ahead and do your brothers and sisters a solid? No, outsource. But I will say, my, especially with Mother's Day, my sisters are much more similar to my mother in terms of like shopping and style and things of that nature. So we, we do discuss gift ideas and then we work through them as siblings as I think this is a better idea. I think this is, we should do this instead. So we, do, we make decisions together. Um, but yeah, my dad's pretty easy, easy to shop for. It's usually something regarding grilling or golf. So, or pictures of my nephew, his grandson. So that's pretty easy. <laughs> I remember, I remember vividly what I got last year, um, because it's what I didn't get. I got a box of Whoppers malt balls and I got a dollar, dollar Do you store. Like those? Dollar, I like the malt ball, but I, you know, so, and then, then I got a dollar store card, which I'm pretty sure was purchased the previous year. Um, and so those were just happened to be around the a house dollar store gift and those were and that that was Father's Day. So to Darren's point where Father's Day ranks at Casa Calvisi <laughs> would be somewhere beyond Arbor Day. Yes, there's no question. I'm I'm living evidence of that. Wow. I'll tell you that much. It's difficult, though. I mean, Danny, let me just say I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm man enough to admit that. Getting the wife a gift at least five times a year, every year, year after year. Yes. Five times. Yes. Oh, birthday, holidays, anniversary, Mother's Day. Yes. Birthday, Christmas, anniversary, Valentine's Day. And how long have you been married now? 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. Year after year, five times a year. I get that. I get that. Maybe it it does make more sense to just do like a dinner or flowers for Valentine's Day or Mother's Day. She's going to get married. And she won't be thinking that anymore. Heck yeah. <laughs> She's going to be like, somebody's going to yeah. pull this, almost going to pull this sound and then give it to her future husband and he's going to be able to play it. And she's going to like, I yeah. no, I was young and immature then. I didn't realize what I was saying. Whoa. Absolutely yeah. give me all yeah. the presents all the time. I am saying I get it. When your kids get older and they can handle this on their own, flowers or dinner is suffice. But when you've got young kids in elementary, no, yeah, middle school, like, yes, you should be getting of a course. gift. And, and really, as a father, when your kids get to be older, 
all you really want is for them to be self-sufficient. I don't need a freaking present. I just don't need you necessarily living in my house. Oh, that got, got personal Whoa. real quick. Um, so last question. Will the Cardinals get a primetime game when the schedule is released? Hmm. It's interesting because they have some really good opponents that would make me say, yes. Will the Cardinals get a primetime game because of their positioning and of their <laughs> roster? Well said. No. But I do think when you look at the – when you're going to have to take into account all the other games these other teams are playing, when you've got the Steelers and you've got the Eagles with Jonathan Gannon and you've got the Cowboys and you've got – you know, like I, I, I think there is a pot – the Bengals if it's late enough when Kyler Murray is expected to be back. I could see that happening. Here's, here's what Paul would love would be uh, just like 2008 – We'll do the Gannon reunion, but we'll do it as a night game in like late November in Philadelphia. The drunkest crowd I've ever seen. Thanksgiving night, the late game in Philly. Ugh, They'd been so lubricating all day, and then they didn't have to work on Friday. That Philly crowd was absolutely off the hook. It I was, believe it. It was beyond... I have stories that I can't even tell on this podcast from watching that, especially when the game got a hand, and then it was more entertaining to watch the stands than it was the field at that point. But to your point, Darren, and this is what I'm going to try and caution Danny with here, is that when you don't necessarily have the roster that would speak to the scheduling gods for primetime games, especially minus your franchise quarterback, uh, you can be placed as the opponent on the road in some of these primetime games, meaning on the road on Thanksgiving night, on the road and other, you know, to be that Thursday night road team that maybe another team might balk at or what have you. And since the Cardinals have not had a lot of Thursday night road games recently, to my recollection, no, I could definitely see that happening. But I, after reading Peter King's analysis of how Amazon wants better Thursday night games, I personally totally – I see them not having one. We'll see. I mean, obviously, it's up in the air, and they they could end up with one. Um, I would think it would be later in the year for sure because you want to give yourself every opportunity to have Kyler Murray on the field. But I, I guess we'll yep. find out. They haven't had they haven't had a season where they didn't have – there's only been three seasons where they didn't have a, pr- a primetime game since 2000. It was 2004 – 2003, 2004, and 2011. Gotcha. And by the way, two other things to remember is that a year ago, the Cardinals did the joint practice, and I I use that generously to describe what the session was between the Cardinals and Titans. I prefer to call that the COVID trip. Yeah, and so that uh, will that happen for the Cardinals in preseason this year? Will they be on the road for a joint practice? I am guessing yes, because... I believe the stadium is being used for a Beyonce concert. Ah, ah, okay. Shoot, which Re- one am I going to choose? Reverse engineering on that one. You do what you got to do, Danny. <laughs> and then with a lot of East Coast games, playing the NFC East and, and, and so forth, what if, will there be one of those, you stay on the Eastern time zone oh, in between Philly and Washington? Week. That's a good point, too. In between Pittsburgh and Cleveland. You know, I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know how that would work. I don't know how well, the new... Especially because yeah, I guess. Well, even last year, we when we traveled, we never left on a Friday. But I think that's because we were still on Mountain Standard Time, so only being two hours behind. But now being yeah, three, maybe that'll trips. affect even leaving on Friday instead of a Saturday. A lot of choices. More time on the road together, Paul yeah. and Darren. Yeah, there you go. Sorry, Darren. Yeah, no, don't, and don't bring up travel and, and COVID because that was by far the worst travel year. Not just the fact there were COVID restrictions and protocols in place, but remember the schedule at New York Giants, at oh, yeah, New York Jets, true. at Carolina, at New England. That's that true. was a brutal travel Two year. New York trips and yep. not being able to see the city stunk. Yep. Yep. And I thought for a minute there he was going to say it was a brutal year because that was the year that he and I had to share a box every game he didn't get to go on the sideline so he had to be in the same room as me every time no i was just happy to have someone i mean otherwise it would have been that was when we sat in new york metlife stadium and we could hear the sideline yes that was eerie and seattle seattle that night game we could hear the sideline and guys yelling at each other other. that was remarkable i really don't want to do that again and that'll do it for this edition (laughs) of cardinals underground brought to you by pacific office automation